0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Not in a minute, cuz we, we, we
1: live.
0: Welcome to the war room. wheeling and dealin', baby. I'm in a mood. That's what we are. You are in a mood, and I don't know if we want to open up with some of the stuff that you're in a mood about. I was trying to get into the deals that are going on behind the scenes in the Locked On NBA mock draft. I'm in a mood about that, too. You are. You You don't like the move. Well, we talked about it a little bit. I know you weren't exactly in favor of it. It does look like it just might pan out for us. But I told the people, I told everybody what the move was, the trade scenario that was presented to us by Locked On Nets. They offered us the 17th overall selection, and the 27th overall selection in exchange for 12. And I said yes to that. Of course you did.
1: Of course you did, because you've hated this number 12 pick all along. (laughs) And any name I've suggested for the 12 pick, you've hated it all along. You're still holding that Lonnie Walker pick against me. I can feel it. I can see it in your eyes. And now here we are. You've traded away the 12th pick to the Brooklyn Nets. I want the Charlotte Hornets to become the Brooklyn Nets. I don't want to trade with the Brooklyn Nets.
0: Were you surprised to see that I wanted to trade the 12th pick, that I did value so much, and that I did not want to trade for trying to get off of some salary? Were you surprised that I wanted to do that when I came to you with this? Yeah,
1: you've loved the 12th pick, but you've hated every name I've suggested for it. (laughs)
0: I didn't hate every day. We talked about how much I love these players.
1: You hated everyone that I wanted,
0: though. Well, and here's, here's my thinking. So I got this scenario and I thought, hell yeah, I want to do this. So here's a couple of reasons why. One, we can pretend to act like we know what we're doing, that we have the key, we have the ability to evaluate all of these prospects in a way that nobody else does, but we would be lying to ourselves. And I think that you have different tiers here. Where if we're in the top six or seven, okay, I understand that that is more more valuable than getting two picks later on. I am not an NFL GM running an NBA team, but with us being at twelve, and there and still a lot of big guys out there available, where we know that James Borrego and us and I think a lot of the fans would like to have some sort of rim protector. You have Jackson Hayes, Bruno Fernando, Goga b and Bull Bol still all available. I'm a fan of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. At worst case scenario, one of those five guys are going to be available. Let's say you want to include some other people, even a P.J. Washington who does seem decent out of Kentucky. It's not somebody that I'm particularly high on. Dumboya was still available. He gets selected. My point is there's a tier where either one of those guys could have been selected 12 and nobody would have been surprised and so now you get that guy at 17 we'll see if one of those big men that I like lasts to 17 and then we get a 27th overall selection there's a couple of guys that I think you could absolutely take a late first round flyer on and you come out on top of this extremely smart just like I just demonstrated accepting this deal
1: I'm sorry I took Lonnie Walker okay I'm sorry I know there were better players available. I just really liked Lonnie Walker, and you've been holding. Hey, I'm
0: trading back, Doug. I'm trading back. I'm moving back from 17 and 27. Hey, what do you think about six second round draft picks instead of two first? Do you like that? All right. Yeah. Why not? You know, (laughs) just just
1: let's let's trade way into the future too. Let's get like second round picks in four years from now. That's
0: true. 2030, 2030 second round picks. That sounds good to me.
1: I'm ready to move on from this disaster. I hope Reddit lights us on fire.
0: I, I, You know, I think it's going to be great. Now, here's another thing I want to present to you, Doug. Kimball Walker certainly looks like he's going to be coming back to the Charlotte Hornets now. We'll get your takes on we'll that see. in a minute. It does seem like it after his comments to Jared Weiss of The Athletic. So if you do that, Doug, can I propose you another deal for a star, perhaps, in the NBA? We've got a couple of other okay. first-round selections to work with. Perhaps you would find more interest in the volume of first-round selections that we would be able to offer for one Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards. Do you think that we could possibly begin to engage in a conversation with Arthur Renault, host of the Locked On Wizards podcast? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Could we give him a 17, a 27, a Miles Bridges? What would that that package begin to look like? I think, think Miles, it starts with. Oh, really? I think well, you, a future first. I
1: think you start well. A future first, you start with. I think you start with Monk and just see if he bites and see if he counters. You don't. You don't start with the thing that you actually want to keep. Well, hopefully, that's the thing. Hopefully, it, he doesn't listen to this podcast right now. They draft percent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, we're yeah, revealing our strategy here, but he drafts. So right now, Washington drafted Cam Reddish nine overall, and under their needs, they say a new GM. <laughs> oh, they
0: they went in on their organization. We can't
1: offer them that. We we like Mitch. We we're, we're going to keep Mitch possible team wipeout cap relief need young talent doesn't matter the position okay mm. that favors that favors this argument uh-huh. wizards need improvement in every area so yeah i mean i think that we could definitely and just the fact that these these guys that are on the network, they love to draft anyway, so just giving them extra picks right. is going to be enticing. <laughs>
0: Wheeling and dealing, baby. Just like me, I got a couple of draft picks, and I'm ready to put my mark on the Charlotte Hornets franchise. It's funny that you mention you don't start like you talk about the negotiation process. I didn't want to be that guy. Like So you have uh, the Nets podcast host, and I forget his name. I need to look it up right now. But you have the Nets podcast host hitting me up to see if I wanted to indeed make a trade with him. And like, yeah, I don't want to be, okay, yeah, sure, let's accept it right now. But also, I don't want to be that guy. Well, can you throw in a couple of second rounders? Can you throw in a, fir- can you throw in a second rounder? What about this protection? I don't want to be that guy, man. Like, at the end of the day, we're only doing a first round draft process through all of this. Sure, I'll do the 17 and 27.
1: And it's easy for us because we don't have the time constraints. Everyone's taking their <laughs> no, sweet time to make forever. these make these picks so we don't have that kind of pressure under us but at the same time you know you made the deal all right i mean you made the deal i'm excited about it 27 i traded back one time and got john collins so if that's any indication then that's maybe good maybe maybe it, maybe it
0: might work out josh bass by the way his name so just to update everybody on the mock draft the order goes such as zion number one john morant rj barrett darius garland jarrett culver brandon clark at number six kobe that's white why. deandre hunter Cam Reddish, Nas Little at ten. That's high. Kevin Porter Jr. at eleven. Doug, right before we selected. I'll tell you this: if Kevin is still available, and I get offered that trade, you take Kevin. I think I take Kevin Porter Jr.
1: Uh, that's fine. I would have taken Kevin Porter Jr. as well. Although the one guy that I want is Jackson Hayes, <clears> and he would have been available. I think I would have been willing to take a chance on on Jackson Hayes with an X, not a CK. That means he's going to be a baller. Jackson Hayes would have been my pick at twelve. But you know, listen you, But we might
0: get Jackson Hayes and
1: you're at the another helm now. Flyer. I drafted Lonnie Walker. That guy was also my dude.
0: I'm saying you could have both. You could have the best of both worlds here, Doug. You could get Jackson Hayes and we could get somebody else. I don't think he's going to make it at to 27.
1: I'm surprised no one's taken him already. So
0: the teams that are in between us right now and the teams that have selected so Seku Demboya at number 12, Romeo Langford at number 13 wouldn't have selected either one of those guys. Domboya, a little enticing, but Romeo Langford is one of the few guys I mentioned I wasn't too high on. Remino so, New Orleans is at 14 because they had a trade in the mock draft themselves. Anthony Davis now actually plays for Boston in our locked-on world. Yeah, good for him. Number 14 now belongs to New Orleans. I could see New Orleans taking Jackson Hayes. If he'd last past New Orleans. Detroit has, as their needs, wings, preferably bigger ones. So I could see them going after Alexander Walker or even a Rui Hachimura, who maybe they would want to put as a small forward or something like that. Orlando is not going to take a Jackson Hayes. They're not going to take a big guy, I would not imagine, because they have Mo Bamba they drafted last year. They've got Jonathan Isaac, who is huge. They've got Aaron Gordon, who they've still got. And that, that's a big front line already. They probably need to go backcourt and they even mention they want some playmakers well jackson hay is not he's not a playmaker for you I think Jackson Hayes is going to last long enough to select at 17, Doug.
1: Maybe, because I think there's an anti-center bias amongst these pundits. I think they they look at the center position and scoff at it.
0: They poo-poo it. And they go back to the playoffs, and you see some of these guys start to lose. What centers don't lose time that you can think of that are prominent? Because Joel Embiid is the first one that comes to mind that you still you roll with no matter what, because he's a stud, but he also is a center Marcus Saul is somebody like Marcus Saul has actually been getting all of his playing time really against the Golden State Warriors, which is a team you wouldn't expect necessarily. But then again, you think, okay, well, Kevon Looney, they don't have any depth. They've been rolling with Looney. Now they're even rolling with Bogut at times out there. But Rudy Gobert, he's somebody that you always have to watch for, get diminished minutes once you hit the postseason. It is interesting once you get to the postseason that that's the that's the attitude towards these big guys
1: but to me jackson hayes represents what the center position is becoming and really it's becoming a big position not really a center position i mean he's just so super athletic and and the the intensity that he plays with i just i mean i love jackson hayes and, and i think he's going to be a really really good player
0: i like jackson hayes too he's got an x so it, you can't miss this is locked on hornets presented by the locked on podcast network it's your team every day Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network, you can get Locked on Hornets on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and when you get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Hornets. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Book your next trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. We'll talk more about the draft and maybe a little bit about the Kimball Walker comments and get Doug's take on it next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And I'm,
1: I have plenty of hurricane snacks went out and bought some Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which, What kind of Chex Mix? This savory. Matters.
1: It was a savory Chex Mix. There's you're a an, lot you're, of cheese going on in that Chex oh, Mix. You're an
0: expert on Chex Mix, correct, right? Well, on I, just I'm, trail mix. I'm
1: very particular about my trail mix. I'm what, not as particular, particular about, about my Chex, Chex Mix. <laughs>
0: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Doug's stumbling into a fantastic producer move there. It is National Cheese Day today. and You played probably our only cheese play in I, I don't know maybe we have more a lot of the things that i say are pretty <laughs> cheesy so yeah. well, i guess Could've that's picked true. really anything it is national cheese day um and you describe some of your favorite snacks with cheese so do you have any hot cheese takes for us it can be cold cheese if you want
1: No hot takes. I'll tell you my personal taste on cheese. I like dry cheeses. I like a little uh, bitterness in my cheese. I'm not a soft cheese guy. I'm not a brie guy. I'm a big Parmesan guy, huge Parmesan guy. I've always told Katie that in the back pocket, one day if she wants to buy me an entire wheel of Parmesan cheese, it will be the greatest gift I have ever received.
0: We answered the question of is – a burger always better with cheese on it today on the morning show what would your answer be
1: not necessarily because i'm i'm a i'm a big meat guy as well and i really feel like it's all about the it's all about the beef mm-hmm. i mean if, if you got a good piece of meat then I, I mean a cheese great accoutrement but i'm not i'm not <laughs> eating a burger for the cheese <laughs>
0: Did you just want a, an excuse? I'm not even going to pronounce it. Accountrement? There you go. I said it. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, that is sexy. That works for me. That makes me want cheese more, Doug. It is oh better pro-
1: now. My mouth is watering.
0: I'm always probably going to choose cheese if I have the option, even if it is a fantastic piece of meat. I'm probably always going to choose a piece of cheese.
1: Okay, but what if it's bad cheese? Like, I'm uh, well, you know, okay. What if
0: it's bad meat? You know, like well, that's can, it. We, that's what. That's exactly what I'm saying. We can make. You know, we can do that, right? Like, if you're just going for a relatively average standard of both of these, I'm going to go with the average piece of cheese Get, to make okay, my meat. A okay, better.
1: so that's the scenario, right? This is what what I'm saying is that if you have a great piece of meat and you want to throw like a craft single on there get that out of here i'll just take the meat and throw some pickles on there maybe a little ketchup maybe a little mustard but trade out both use barbecue sauce i
0: got clowned for being a mayonnaise guy today do you like mayo okay
1: I'm not a I'm not a fan of mayo, but also I've had mayo on a burger. It's not terrible, but you, the thing with mayo is you can't overdo it. People overdo mayo. I'm 100%. fine with so you, with you. On I'm this. I'm fine overdoing mustard. I'm fine overdoing ketchup, but you can't overdo the mayo.
0: No, you can't overdo the mayo. You're so right about that. Like you spread it to where it covers the bun, but even like you need to be able to see some brown in between some of the white streaks that you have on mm-hmm. your bun. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I'm so with you on that. That's the best food take that I think you've ever had. But I got clanking. Lettuce and mayonnaise on my cheeseburger. That's what I go with. Yes, cheese. And I'll go. (laughs) I'll try. I get so mad at myself for laughing. I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to laugh. But every once in a while, I just can't help it. Um, Let's talk about Kimball Walker's comments, Doug. You noticed that or you said at least and I noticed immediately that you were in a kind of a mood as soon as you walked in. You've got a lot of things going on right now. You're trying to get ready. So you come in a little flustered. I ask, how's everything going? And you give me a, huh, man, just uh, just a lot right now. Boom, everything hits the desk table. And you don't need no grace whatsoever. There is no subtle placing of all of the things that are in your hands. Everything just hits the table hard. Your container, it flies off of the desk. And it immediately let me know, okay, Doug's kind of in a mood right now. You got in a mood as soon as we started to talk about some things before we hopped on the mic. Kimball Walker. What do you think about that article? Kimba does seem it does seem like these comments mean something. It seems like they're real and it seems like it points to him wanting to resign with the Charlotte Hornets at the moment.
1: Well, he's listen, he's always been honest and and somewhat open about his feelings, certainly about playing here. Like he's he's been loyal to the organization. He, he feels like he owes the organization a lot and he also loves the city of Charlotte. He's He's kind of a quiet guy and this is kind of a quiet city. It doesn't. You know, you don't have to make too big of a leap to figure out why he likes to be here as opposed to a place like New York or Los Angeles. He's not dealing with any of that like hometown stuff playing in New York. Not a lot of that's the thing. Not a lot of pressure playing here. It's something I felt from Steve Clifford a few times. There was a frustration with Clifford sometimes about how his players were playing because there there isn't that same sense of pressure here that there is in New York or Houston or Los Angeles and not that same demand by the, certainly by the fans to to put a championship product on the floor.
0: And when I read these comments... He would get on that. You're so right about that. Steve Clifford would talk about that a lot, about, hey, look, there's none of this, hey, we only lost by five to the Golden State Warriors. We expect to win. I remember that thoroughly in his time here.
1: I've never once questioned Kimball Walker's desire to win, to win basketball games. Never once questioned his desire, and I still don't. But after reading this article, I'm going to be honest, I'm now questioning whether winning a championship an nba championship is truly a a priority for him because or that's either either that or if he returns he's incredibly naive to think that he could return here sign for somewhere in the middle of the supermax and and that the charlotte hornets
0: could convince him that they can put a championship product on the floor. Your mentions are going to be so fire right now. And you're in a mood and you can take them on. You are pounding your chest. This is real. All I know how to be is honest. And when I read these comments where, where he's saying, you know, he
1: he really, you know, this place is his first priority. Why is the place the first priority? Why isn't winning a ch- when you're When you've come this far, when you're on the precipice of greatness not to have the first priority be taking the next step into greatness which is playoff success to me is is almost unfathomable but also understandable when you consider that you know Kimball Walker is a different kind of star I mean he's not the same as LeBron or or and he's not the same as Carmelo Carmelo just wanted to chase the money doesn't feel like that Kimball wants to chase the money he the, the comment that stuck out to me is when he said um, you, nothing's guaranteed anywhere because people are saying, hey, you know, you go here, you win a championship, you go here. While, while I agree with the, the philosophy behind that statement that nothing is guaranteed, I also think that that's a perfect excuse for someone who fears change, who doesn't want change, who is comfortable where they are and doesn't want to be uncomfortable somewhere else. And I think that's a dangerous kind of. This is the last thing I know because you're dying to get in here. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'm just. No, I'm,
0: I'm okay. I'm just. I don't need the I'm mic. just.
1: I'm just like releasing. I'm vomiting on the air right let, now. I let apologize. Us, let us know. My big thing is if that all is the case, and I'm making a lot of assumptions. I'm really asking a lot of questions. <laughs> I'm really. That's all I'm doing. I'm just asking. Is is that's the question? I'm not accusing him of not wanting a championship. I'm just asking the question: Is that a priority in his mind? And if it's not, if it's not a priority for him to win a championship then is that the kind of player you want to sign Do, do you does for it, five years and a lot of money?
0: Does it mean that he doesn't want to win a championship because he likes the Charlotte Hornets and or likes the city a lot? And it's funny how we're in this scenario. As we've evolved, we've gone to super teams in the NBA. And it's hilarious to me that now, and this is nothing on you. I don't know your old takes about some of these players, but it was a main argument for a lot of NBA fans that, okay, these guys don't care about winning a championship, and now you have Kevin Durant go to the Golden State Warriors and create a super team, Mm -hmm. and people destroy him for taking less money... To go play with a lot of other stars to go win a championship. And now here you come with it. And look, this is not you are literally, you're you're not going back and forth. I'm just going about the mantra of how we as mm-hmm. fans feel about some of these players. I don't believe what you believe about at least just asking this question. Does Kimba truly care about winning? Just asking the question. I uh, Right. Well, right. no,
1: hold on now. Now stop because I, I said a championship? I've never, I've, I, I differentiate those two things. Okay. I don't think that he care doesn't care about winning or I'm not asking that question. A championship i'm asking the question does he really legitimately because that's the thing some players don't like i don't i don't believe that carmelo ever cared about winning a championship he cared about being famous and making a lot of money and playing basketball at a high level i don't think he ever cared about winning a championship i'm not even asking that question i yeah. believe that <laughs> i believe that
0: yeah i, I think because if he did care about winning a championship he would have gone to chicago yeah it's just man can you're can you can your, pursuit for a championship get bought and is that okay because carmelo uh, what was the money that he would have been turning down had he left new york i forget what it was it was a lot of millions it was gobs amount and and now kimba could be turning down 80 let's say i talked with bobby marks joined the wake-up call today and we talked about the situation that kimba and the charlotte hornets are in right now he said he would be extremely surprised to see the hornets offer kimba the full max So let's say that they offer him, he would bet about 190, and that's still about 50 million more than another team can offer him. If you come to Kimba at 190 million, is that going to be low enough for Kimba to go want to explore elsewhere on the market? And so now we're talking about can your championship pursuit be bought? Because he is right about this in some degree. Yes, you significantly increase your chances of winning a championship. Well, maybe significantly is, is not correct here. But you raise your chances by going to even an Indiana with a better roster, right? And that that's kind of worst-case scenario. You know, best-case scenario for him is that he goes to New York along with a Kevin Durant because Kyrie wants to go to Brooklyn instead. Or he wants to go team with, L, with, with LeBron out in L.A. instead. You know, some of these best-case scenarios for Kimba go to Dallas and, and play with Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. That's a better roster than Charlotte's. Is it a championship roster? So let's say that Golden State has an open roster spot, and they want Kimba Walker. Because let's say Clay Thompson goes, and they want another guy that can create on his own in the backcourt. Let's just play this hypothetical out. Golden State with Kimba Walker, okay, that significantly increases your chances at a championship with Kimba on that roster, at least for him. Do you turn down $50 million to go play for Golden State? Okay, now I can hear that a little bit more. But you, do you turn down $50 million to go play with Dallas, who I'm not going to have as a contender to win the championship? They're going to be very good, and they're going to be a lot better than the Hornets. So at what point can your championship pursuit be bought, and you have to weigh these out where, okay, if I go to Dallas, that's a lot better team. Indiana, Utah, those are a lot better teams. But they ain't Golden State. They ain't New York with KD, Kyrie, or myself.
1: Yeah, maybe, look, maybe he looks at the contract situation that the Charlotte Hornets have and say, hey, you know, sort of the LeBron move where it's like, I got to wait a couple years, but maybe then we can put, you know, once the books clear a little bit, we can put together a roster that could make a run at a championship, but that's a big bet that you're making on yourself and a big bet that you're making on things that you can't control because you can't control what contracts the the Hornets go out and dole out next. You can't control if they pull another Miles Plumley stunt.
0: There's going to be a lot of listeners that disagree with you on a lot of what you said today. They cannot disagree with you in the fact that this roster can be built into a championship contender at a higher possibility than a lot of other rosters that he could contend with that he could choose to play. That's one thing. They, people can disagree with you about a lot of the stuff that you were asking. right? Just asking
1: the question. As you just
0: raise your hands, you're not accusing <laughs> anybody of this. I'm just asking a question. I am sparking debate. I am at the root of the art of conversation here.
1: I'll say this for, for anyone that would say, well, ha, but he can't turn down 40, 50 million more dollars. Which um, That's kind of you. That's your, I'm, I'm that's, a little bit there. That's the position that you're staking out, that he can't lay his head down on the pillow and deny that money in, in order to just increase his 80 million his chances.
0: different than 50 and 40. Like, you right. know, you, that's significant, but go ahead.
1: I'll say this. You can buy a lot of things with money, oh. but you cannot silence the voice in your head, that gnawing voice in your head that says, what if... What if you, you know, maybe I really did want to win a championship and now I'm stuck. And, and I, and again, I look at it from the team's perspective as well. If that's really the case and he's just really comfortable being here. I mean, I I just, I would want my team just sort of from a 30,000 foot perspective. I would want my team to go after players that are, that are dedicated to winning a championship and I'm not saying Kimba isn't. I'm just asking the question. <laughs>
0: Let me ask you this. We're, we're running over time <laughs> here, but I don't care because I want to continue to talk about this. Do you find any value, at least yourself, in appreciating a player that wants to stick it out his entire career with one team with the hope of that happening? Because it is rare. And I could see some value in you being the guy. Like, does Kimba want to be the guy for a city that has continued to improve? continues to be a crazy gym rat by all accounts. I mean, every, everybody works hard. You're in the NBA, you know, you're either crazy talented. And if you're, even if you are crazy talented, you still worked your ass off, right? Sure. So Kimba Walker, being the hardcore gym rat that he is, and it's been reported a million times, you know, I think that there is a lot of value in staying with one team, your entire franchise, and hoping that possibility comes along so you can be that guy. Instead of just taking the Golden State route, which I also don't mind, I'm just saying I find value in both of those scenarios.
1: The question that I'm faced with is, do I trust this organization to to trade for or draft a player that is going to be better than Kimba Walker because when I look at the Eastern Conference I look at Giannis I look at the possibility of Kawhi Leonard staying and then I look at the Hornets and I think about the Hornets with Kimba Walker paid as much money as they're going to have to pay Kimba Walker if they can't make that trade if they can't make that draft pick in the in the next three years or Miles Bridges doesn't turn into a superstar then Kemba Walker is your best player by virtue of the fact that you paid him all of this money and it cripples your ability to bring in another type of player like that. Is that team able to compete with Giannis and the Bucks or Kawhi and Toronto? And the answer to me is no. I could understand from Kimba's perspective thinking he can do anything. But I, I just don't see a Kemba Walker best player on your team being a championship contender ever.
0: Now let me ask you this question. When you eat a Philly cheesesteak... What is the cheese that you are going to decide to put on that sandwich? Because that's a big variety. You can go provolone, but also a lot of people go cheese whiz, which is an entirely different type of cheese.
1: Let me tell you something. Purists will say cheese whiz. They're gross. They're disgusting. Cheese whiz on a sandwich is disgusting. Uh, No, keep it in the grocery store. That's where it belongs. Give me a nice uh, piece of provolone, that stinky provolone that aged provolone, that smoked provolone. Throw that b- bad boy on there and let's go to lunch.
0: Today's show is brought to you by Grip6, ultra lightweight with Ugh, no holes, no flat. And it's a great Father's Day gift to go to Grip6. That was a long second, I'm taking man. a nap. They have a special offer for you at Grip6.com lock. That's Grip6.com L-O-C-K-E. We'll talk more after the break. Just asking questions. This is Locked on Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti and Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, got... they got Nas. Uh, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can Master we get... yeah, I hate you right now. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Another question? Are you going to accuse me of something, or are you just asking questions?
1: I'm literally just asking questions at this point. I'm done. I'm not giving any opinions. I'm not going to, you know, give anyone any more ammunition than they already have. You look tired, by the way. I am. I'm I'm exhausted. This whole thing, this Kimba thing, this draft thing, it's got me exhausted. But I'm going to find my third wind in this third segment and ask you this question: What did Paul B. and Cardi say yesterday?
0: Oh, yes, Cardi B. Because I didn't listen. I did present him the nickname. Uh-huh. I presented it to him at the beginning of the interview. He did like the nickname. Yeah! He laughed at it. And I asked him if we, meaning you, were the first <laughs> ones to ever give him that nickname. And he said, you guys own it. <laughs> we own it. till the Hornets steal it from me. Yeah, the Hornets are probably going to use it. <laughs> Watch out for the team account. <laughs> they're they're going to use it. They're going to call in Paul B and Cardi and say, look at Cardi B. the Cardi real. B. I called him the real Cardi B.
1: Oh, that's great. He's the OG
0: Cardi B. So that means we we're friends now, I think. Uh, he does. And by the way, I think Paul B and Cardi is in the running for the nicest evaluator of talent that I've ever talked to. Like just a, a a great dude. We can have him on anytime we want, man. Does he like Jackson Hayes? He does love Jackson <laughs> Hayes. Loves him. In fact, that was the leadoff question. Are you sure you didn't listen to the pod yesterday? I feel like you did. I'm <laughs> positive. <laughs> was I on it? I was about to say. <laughs> you never listen to anything that you're not a part of. You self. What's the point? Um Paul B and Cardi loves Jackson Hayes. And I asked him that again. He appeared on the Wake Up Call a couple of uh, weeks ago, and I asked him, you know, what kind of player would he like to see the Charlotte Hornets take? And he mentioned, if Jackson Hayes is there, then you take him. He loves Jackson a lot, and that's so what I, that's what I've been saying. You and Cardi B, just two peas in a pod. Two, he would he wouldn't have two traded Two peas in a pod.
1: He wouldn't have traded down.
0: Two bees in a trap. Although that's Nicki Minaj.
1: Me and me and Cardi B. See eye to eye <laughs>
0: thanks for listening and remember you can subscribe to this show on the new himalaya podcast app as well as apple podcast google podcast and spotify and when you get in your car tell your smart device to play podcast locked on hornets we appreciate you joining us today we'll be back tomorrow i don't know if doug's going to be joining us do you have any clue if you're going to join us tomorrow or not
1: yeah we'll see
0: all right we'll see you tomorrow at least i will it's the locked on hornets podcast on the locked on podcast network
1: okay